0: But thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things. Episode 189, sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped is here with a deal you can't pass over this Easter season. They've got the tools to give you the beautifully decorated eggs of your dreams. Just because it's Easter doesn't mean it's okay to hide those bad boys behind all that tall grass. <laughs> so make sure your downstairs lawn is mowed. Get yourself feeling as sweet as candy by going to manscape.com, getting 20% off and free shipping with the the new code we say things 20. The number 20. The number 20. So the reason that this code has changed is because apparently our code, you know, those coupon sites, it ended up mm-hmm. on one of those sites. So thanks to whoever spoiled it for everybody. So now we have to add oh. a random 20 at the end of our Wonderful. code. But of course, Manscaped they're you know, they're our longest standing sponsor. So we appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, if you need some of their products for, you know, the area, as I like to call it, or nose hair trimmer, they have everything now. Uh, but be sure to use the new code. We say things 20. Thank you. And to our beautiful patrons, you take the first half, Sindarin.
1: Thank oh, you. I do. I do. All right. Thank you too. Pepper Balls. T-Coil. Q-lews wishes all the Americans a happy tax deadline reminder. Hashtag not an ad. Stupid Copilot. New Dota DHL ad should be about them delivering the patch and failing to do so. D2 Bowie, servant of Morgoth. Yatoro yeah, does it again, Cinder, and he's been doing it for months now. A year, maybe. Yeah. Need more ads. Need more in ads for Counter Strike 2. An ad. Yes. Magdev wants volumetric smokes in Dota 2. That'd be hype. <laughs> My grandma found out what League of Legends is. She th- she's thinking of building a PC. Valve, you need to hurry. Please give marketing. Disco Farm D. Bilingual people have a greater emotional range. Get Center is the robot Stoogy McStooge face dark sea in the house. The Mega Pope, what's up with you guys? TI in New Zealand and Zan Xavier.
0: Thank you also to Nate Thicco, Zero 01 Scroats, bacon shark TM freshly seasoned goat balls, Janie, dop, nothing to see here, underscore man guitar strings, evermort, Ben Broomhead says hi to his friend M-Ray from Pixel, what an aftertaste, anonymous and Sound can't travel through space's vacuum. If it could, the sun would sound as loud as a jet engine from 100 meters, Mr. Niebling. I did know this one. and that, Oh. So this is the interesting thing about that. I, Niebling always starts these conversations. When you watch a movie, Sindarin, and it's mm-hmm. about space, and they have yeah. sound in space, does it bother you? Because it actually bothers me.
1: Uh, what do you mean they have sound in space?
0: They're showing stuff exploding in space and then there's sound and like, that's, that's not how that would work. And knowing this fact bought like, it bothers me in trying to enjoy a movie now.
1: You know? I mean, wouldn't it also kind of be weird from a movie perspective if the scenes where stuff explodes in space are just completely quiet? Yeah. But wouldn't that also be weird? It's accurate.
0: You know, it's like dinosaurs having feathers. They need to have feathers, Sindarin. Does it also
1: bother you when people use magic in movies because that isn't real?
0: That's different, okay? Why? They're okay. If it's like a Star Trek type of thing, then sure, it's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be accurate. But if it's like a modern day, I don't know. If it's like Interstellar, I'm trying to remember. Shit, the Interstellar. Is <laughs> it's my just favorite half movie. the movie
1: is just silent.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> like if you've seen the movie Gravity, which I know a lot of people didn't like, they actually instituted the the silence quite nicely, and I thought it was oh. extremely well done. Uh, okay, but. Huh, just one of those random things. You know me. Yeah, I do. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, so first topic of this week is NBA syndrome. Oh no. Actually, I actually have a lot of news.
1: Uh oh boy. Okay.
0: Okay, so NBA playoffs are starting soon. Uh like three games away or something like that. It's like a week away, something like that. And it is in the Western Conference, it is so tight. The difference between like the third seed and the 10th seed was like two games or like three games or something. Oh, like, shit. It's never been this competitive in the history of the NBA and the West is crazy. Mm-hmm. We are, we've are we basically locked ourselves in no matter what now. We're going to be the fourth seed. So we get home court advantage only for the first round, pretty much, unless there's some big upsets. And we'll be playing, we don't know yet. It's either LA Clippers, LA Lakers, Golden State oh. Warriors. So pretty much no matter what, it's going to be a really hard opponent. And it's a weird year because I would genuinely rather play the first three seeds than the lower seeds. That's how scary the Western Conference is. Like a lot of these teams that are fully loaded, either they had horrible injuries, uh, so that's why their record's not good. Uh, I'm scared of all these teams, I'm not going to lie. The Suns could literally lose in the first round. I have no idea what's going on. So scary stuff, scary stuff. Second news, which you won't give a shit about, but this is for the NBA nerds out there.
1: Is this college basketball? No, it oh. does say CBA, which doesn't. I mean, th- shouldn't we just move on then? It says CBA.
0: <laughs> no, uh, okay. actually, the college basketball in the in the US is NCAA. That's the the main one. Oh, uh, I don't remember what CBA. Anyway, CBA in this instance is the collective bargaining agreement. So. The way that it works in the NBA is you have like the the owners of, you know, all the teams and then the players have their own union, right? So it's like two sides constantly clashing. And yeah. there's like constant negotiation and then usually they sign like a contract that lasts like between 6 to 10 years, however long it is. And if they can't come to an agreement, there have been lockouts in the past where I remember a couple of them like half the season was canceled and that's like really bad, right? So uh A new one has been signed. So we're good for like six to seven years. And I thought there was a couple of things that were interesting to talk about that changed. There's a lot, by the way, a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing, and this is just a very basic rundown of it, TLDR makes it way harder for these teams that have infinite money, like the Lakers, like these big market teams to uh, like, they give them less flexibility going forward. That's again, very summarized version. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also players can't get awards like MVP like these big awards that they talk about all year or they can't like get the all NBA teams which enhances their salary further because they're considered the best of the best unless they play 65 games in a year out of the 82 games because right now a lot of teams a lot of players are like sitting mm-hmm. uh just to rest just to maintain their health when they should be fucking playing most of the time so that's really good. And the big one which I wanted to ask you about is very weird. And the reaction mm-hmm. from fans. This is something that the commissioner has been trying to push for many years now, and finally he gets it done. There is going to be a what's called a play. Wait, what is it called? It's not the, the play. No, no, no. The plan is actually something else. I don't know why I wrote that. The plan is what's happening oh. in the playoffs. There's going to be a mid-season tournament. The season will halt like two months after it starts, and then teams mm-hmm. are going to play. Like I don't know how they haven't really discussed the spe- bleh, specifics there's going to be like some tournament that is had or that takes place and basically the players just get money for it. It has nothing to do with the regular season. There might be some more incentives that... Uh, I don't know. I can't remember all the specifics on this one. I should have maybe looked that one up again. But I find it very strange that they stop the season. They have this weird-ass tournament. Some teams will play 83 games in the entire year now. Some teams will play like 80. So now it's not mm-hmm. even the same amount of games being played. Not that you know anything about how the NBA works, but it's well, really weird. So, really
1: weird. So you said you need to play 65 of 82 games. How many games do you play now in the season? 82. So how do you add an extra tournament and maintain the same amount of games?
0: So it takes away from your regular season games. Okay, so you respect. play
1: less in the season.
0: Depending on who's in the tournament. Again, I don't... Like, a lot of the specifics have not even been... I don't actually understand
1: how this even works then. I thought there was a set amount of times you had to play other teams in the league.
0: Yes, there has been, yes.
1: Yeah, but now with this tournament coming in, there's teams you have to play less times? Yes, probably. So players are getting paid like half a
0: million each or something to play in this tournament. So let's
1: say you're playing one team once in the league, and then you play them once in the play-in tournament, then you're only playing them one time during the regular league because you also played them in the play-in. Or not playing, whatever you call it, mid tournament, right? Mid season thing. I don't know. I don't know. So how that works. means effectively for the NBA part, you would be playing either at home or away once only, and then you would be playing home or away once only for the mid season tournament, which just means you would have an inherent disadvantage in one of the two. And the that
0: tournament might be held in neutral locations as well, so you won't even get like all your home court okay. games, like
1: again i don't understand this nobody does all. i don't get so it.
0: all the fans are like what the fuck is this the main thing that we that everybody thinks is going on is they're just trying to make as much money as possible because in theory you're playing these mm-hmm. weird games in weird locations that's kind of hype for those locations um but nobody really knows how it's going to work it's extremely I, I, weird
1: i genuinely don't think it's about making money i i don't think anyone would want to do yeah, that with yeah, of course sports not. And one thing I forgot to put to on another here... another reason we're missing here.
0: Before we move on, one last thing, Sinder, that I thought you might also find interesting that I forgot to put down. Players are mm-hmm. allowed to smoke weed now, which I think is fine.
1: In general or during the mid-season tournament as they play? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not during their play. But the big one <laughs> was is the they are allowed to invest in basketball teams now, which I don't know what that means exactly, but they're also allowed to deal with gambling sponsors, which that is like... Hmm, that's a strange one. What? So now the players invest in teams. Yeah, I I read that one and I didn't know exactly what it meant. It might mean that you're allowed to have like a minority ownership in a team while you still play. This might be like the LeBron James rule because I know he wants to own a team. I don't know exactly.
1: But I'm assuming you're only allowed to own part of a team that you are playing for. That's again. Don't know. Otherwise, there's like an insane conflict of interest. Well, I think
0: the betting thing is an insane conflict of interest as well, potentially. Right? That's a scary. Yeah. So,
1: what did you say they're allowed to do with betting? They're allowed to have sponsorships from betting.
0: They're allowed. I'm going to sound like a fucking moron because I can't remember. All this news has come out like sporadically over the last couple weeks. I don't remember anymore. Mm -hmm. Something with gambling, and it's a big deal.
1: Okay, because in like. In football, it's common to have like a betting sponsor on the jersey, right? Is yeah. that the level we're at, or is no, it no, no, no? It's more else? than that. Like
0: individual players can work with uh, betting sponsors,
1: which I see is weird, very uh, weird. i I guess that means that not only are they allowed to have them on their jerseys, but they're also allowed to make endorsements and appear as the face of a campaign or something while playing for a team. I guess that's the difference. When and I when I hear the now.
0: details, I'll let you know. Okay. The NBA segment uh-huh. has gone on quite a while, so we will put that to bed. But thank you for listening oh, to This
1: me. this is the one of the most interesting NBA segments of all time because it's less about the basketball. Yeah,
0: you like gambling, I see. <laughs> all right. <laughs> let's so
1: talk more gamba. The D P C has ended
0: Cinderin and I figured yes. we go over each region and I actually saved mm-hmm. these brackets uh, ahead of time, so I won't be freezing your, your face anymore. Okay. So let's start with Western Europe, which what did you cover again? I watched zero of your casts, by the way. Oh, thank you. Couldn't bear That's it. Nice of you. Couldn't bear being without I've you. I
1: covered Western Europe, China, and NA. Okay, so
0: let's start with Western Europe. So, Nigma and Monas Monaspa are mm-hmm. out. That was through a tiebreaker with Entity. So Entity stays in. Oridu just barely loses out. Uh, they were so. They were close. so close to getting top four to go to the major, My but boy, instead, two thousand. They will continue on in the Division One, though. And then Team Liquid, Tundra, Gaiman, and OG take the top four, and we'll go to the major. Your
1: thoughts. OG going to the major with a score of 6-8 in games. (laughs) What a fucking competitive region. Yeah. It's insane. They get fourth place with three and four. And the way OG did it was really impressive, because they had a terrible start. They were one and four, and then they won out. Hmm. Uh... And that might not sound like a lot, because it's like, oh, well, they end 3 and 4. But they had to win that, and then they also had to win a tie. And that tie was against a really strong opponent in Oridu Thunders. So, yeah. Um, obviously happy for OG. A bit gutted for Ordu because primarily because of TA2000. I really like the guy. I played with him for a bit. I, I feel like this guy has so much promise, but I think it took him some time primarily to get better at English, because he wants to play for a Western team. Mm. Um, And it seemed like he was getting his big break with his team. And I mean, it's still a really good result, right? They came from Div 2, and they almost made the major in their first season of Div 1, which almost no teams managed to accomplish. Most teams coming up from Div 2 just get relegated again, right? So, good stuff. Um, Yeah, can't say I'm too surprised about the top three, right? Liquid, uh, uh, Tundra, and Gaiman. Everybody expected these three teams to be in some capacity in the top four. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just another not great showing for enigma i uh they're gonna go back now to div 2 where depending on how div 2 goes now div 2 could literally have enigma and secret in season three um unless secret managed to bounce back
0: oh you don't think secret's gonna get div 1
1: i mean i think they should but i'm saying it's not a given right Mm. so um div 2 is getting more and more competitive like Div 2 is probably better than Div 1 NA. Well, maybe not. It is. It's close, it is. though. It's close. It is. It's better. It's, it's the actually quality just on better. average is better. Well,
0: on yeah. average, but I think if you take, like, obviously the top teams are going to be better in NA. Yeah, the so. top two teams top of two. NA
1: are going to be on better than all, if maybe not all, but definitely more. Ah, I think it's fair to say all. I don't know. It's secret are wild card, right? If they're really good, they would be better than TSM, for example. But hmm. I would say Shopify Rebellion and TSM should be better than all of EU Div 2. But aside from that...
0: Aside from that, yeah. I
1: don't know. Yeah. Uh, so just to give you guys an idea, Div 2 EU has Ivy, Into the Breach. They were in Div 1 last season. Secret were in Div 1 last season. Ancient Tribe. Old G, which has Seb, Thompson, Resolution, Kitrek, and No One. Puck Champ, which has a lot of the really strong Eastern European players. D2 Hustlers, which is an international mix. And Alliance, that's Div 2. Yeah. And two crazy. teams from there get promoted. So right. there is not, it's not given at all that any specific team makes it up, to be honest. Div 2 is going to be pretty crazy. Yeah. All
0: right. Moving on to, okay, I <laughs> got rid of that screen by accident. Uh, we'll be moving on to Eastern Europe. Yep. Where the bottom two, so back going down to Div 2 are Navi and Dark Side. And then the teams that, Stay in Div 1, Virtus Pro, One Move, and Hydra, and the three teams that are going to the Major, Hellraisers, who were undefeated in terms of the series, Team Spirit, who only lost one series, and then BetBoom, who went 5 and 2.
1: Yeah, and among the top three, they just only lost to each other. So BetBoom lost to Spirit and Hellraisers, and Spirit lost to Hellraisers. So a very clear tiering here among the top three. Um... Going to be exciting to watch HellRaisers at the Major. They've been improving a lot, right? Like we cast them um we cast their most recent improvement when they were looking really rough and then started mm-hmm. getting some momentum and now um after bringing in Ramses, this seems to be a really strong team. So I'm curious to see how well they do in, in Berlin. Um yeah, strong team for sure. It's uh Eastern Europe might have a little bit more to bring to the table this time around. It's generally spirit that carries the torch. Like BetBoom didn't look too hot last time, but any of these three teams can take a, a series off of everyone in the world, in my opinion. So, mm. should be exciting. Um, yeah, that's pretty much Eastern Europe.
0: All right, then moving on to China. Yeah. The bottom two out and to Div Two now. Vici and outsiders from China.
1: Yeah, outsiders <laughs> from China so. went zero and fourteen and were. Outclassed. insanely outmatched. Yeah. And the story behind this team was is... a sub-team, right? So they got third in Div 2, um, which means they weren't promoted to Div 1, but then because of the ban wave among Chinese pro players, they actually got the slot, but the slot was taken by five different players than the ones that got third in Div 2. So this was a totally different team, mm. and it was not a Div 1 team. <laughs> yeah. So like just flat out they got crushed every game. I think their longest game was less than half an hour. The um, two
0: teams that stay are Aster Ares and YBB Gaming and then the four right. teams that will go to the major. Team Aster went 4 and 3, IG also 4 and 3, PSG LGD 6-1 and Extreme Gaming 6-1. So some competition for sure towards the yep. I mean I guess the top 6 really.
1: I mean I'm, any big surprises I'm here? Really... Yeah, I'm surprised Extreme won the whole thing. I thought it was going to be LGD or Aster, especially when you saw how it was going in the first few weeks, or I say few weeks, the first few series. Mm. Um, but Extreme really managed to figure things out and won some big series. Uh, and on top of that, other teams lost some series that helped them out, right? PSG LGD lost to IG uh, toward the end of the season, which is why X- they didn't go 7 0. And then they got the tiebreaker that Extreme won. Um, so yeah, IG really unlocked themselves after a rough start. They just started winning a lot. And Aster started 4-0 and then lost six games in a row. Um, I think. Or one of the series was 2-1, I think. But anyway. Yeah. they. Um, I'm very hopeful for... Uh, I mean, I feel like I say this every time. I'm hopeful for China this major. It's been <laughs> a while since they've had good results.
0: What do you mean it feels like you literally say this every time? It actually yeah. is a thing.
1: But... I guess I'm running high on, on copium for this region at international competitions until they do well. Yeah, but true. let's see. Um,
0: okay, SCA bottom two into Div two now. Geek Slate and Polaris, the three teams that stay where they are. Army Geniuses, Blacklist International, and Bleed Esports, and the top three going to the major. Team SMG went five and two. Execration five and two, and then Talon undefeated seven and zero. Oh. Although they did yeah. split, uh, or they did have games taken off of three of their series any big surprises here i mean we talked about blacklist already a few weeks ago how mm-hmm. this was kind of like one of those wild card teams that very recognizable names but they just i mean they stay div one maybe they just need a little bit more time but i was expecting mm-hmm. them to make a run for the top three at some point same um,
1: yeah what's the biggest surprise i think halfway through the tournament it really looked like army geniuses was going to take top three Um, but Execration went on a heater, and Army Geniuses lost a couple, and then all of a sudden, that was enough for them to sneak in there. Um, I guess based on how previous seasons have gone, surprising to see SMG in the top three. They've generally been, like, middle to bottom of the middle of the pack. They haven't been knocked down, but they've, like, barely stayed alive in Div 1. Um, but this will be, I guess for most people, the most recognizable player here is Mid 1. It's been quite a long time since Mid 1's played a big event, so... See if he still got it. Um, and Afu, of course, has some very memorable moments. And then you've got Moon on mid and Pauluson on 5. And the carry CDR, I think this will be his first big international tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Um, pretty sure. Anyway. Um, yeah. I don't know. The biggest surprise here is probably SMG overall, because Execration did make the last major as well. Mm. Um So them going back is not too surprising. But they didn't have the best showing there, so hopefully this time around they can do better. Uh, But Talon definitely the team to watch from this region. Also the team that got easily the best results at the last tournament. So, see if they can get further this time.
0: And on to our favorite, NA. Uh, Bottom two that basically lost in tiebreakers. Uh, Actually, no, that wasn't the tiebreaker. The tiebreaker was for the middle of the pack, I guess. Yeah, those timing uh, for fourth. Wildcard went 0 and seven. I want to talk about that in a minute. Five rat four mm-hmm. staff also got bottom two, so they're down to div two. Team Dog Champ, bait, felt and nouns, middle of the pack. And then of course TSM Shopify, the two going to the major.
1: And everybody was shocked.
0: Yeah, everybody was shocked. But, I mean, the only thing that's shocking to me is wildcard, and of course this lineup has changed like drastically, but
1: Yawar, mm-hmm. Lil
0: Nick, MSS, Sammy Boy, and Alone. They were 0-7. That is insane to me. I don't even know
1: how it's possible. That is
0: such a good lineup.
1: They... I mean, they just did not look good. That's, that's it. Like, if you watch their games, it's uninspired. It's not coordinated. It's all over the place. They just didn't click for whatever reason. I'm not going to, like, speculate what the reason is, but what they showed in the games was just poor for how good their players are. Um, so that sucks, obviously. Um, dropping down and... Dropping down in NA also means that next season they would have to play Div 2, so their only path to TI would be through... Wait, is TI even possible now with the new format? I don't actually know if they can even make TI from dropping down here. I guess they still can. Um, I think they still can. Well, they can get to the,
0: the third major, right? They can still do that. No?
1: No? Because for the third major, they're playing Div 2.
0: Hmm.
1: Right? So they can't make Major 3 either. Um, but anyway. Yeah. Nouns were off to a really good start this time around, and I was more optimistic about them because I liked what I saw in their drafting. My biggest problem with this team has been inconsistency in strategy. And just as things were looking hot, then when they went up against TSM, in my opinion, they had their worst draft in Game 1 um, of the tournament. And yeah. they just... Yeah, then they, they ended up losing that series. Uh, I think game two was really close, if I remember correctly, uh, or at least decently close. But Yeah, TSM, yeah. The end, they, TSM only, two of them.
0: they only lost two games the entire time, and one was to Wildcard, and one was to Shopify, and that's and it. And no
1: one to Wildcard was hilarious. Um, yeah, and then Shopify rolled over Nouns, two 30-minute games, and then after that, Nouns lost to Felt, which I'm not going to put too much stock into because... That series had no implications for Nouns. They were third no matter what happened there. So mm-hmm. they were just locked in place, effectively. Um, yeah, so once again, NA produced the same two teams for the Major. Uh, like I said, I was hopeful for Nouns, but this also wasn't the time. We'll see if, uh, if they make it for the third, if they're going to make any changes or whatnot. Because, I mean, at some point for these players, like it's obviously nice to stay in Div 1. and I can you hear know, your mouse, actually. Keeping there. You can hear my mouse? Yeah. I don't know somebody Um, always
0: complains about Cinderin and his stupid mouse
1: (laughs) it's nice the to stay in div one for them obviously but you know they they would like to go to major at some point and they've just been on the cusp for so long and the question is how long do you want to stay this team right yeah like being on the cusp all the time isn't really that rewarding
0: i can hear it again
1: um yeah that's because i'm (laughs) like that's because i'm clicking it to look at (laughs) all
0: right do you have a nervous tick is that what it is you just no. need to play with something? You need like a widget spinner? I don't, whatever I don't, called? I don't,
1: have a, I don't have a nervous tick, but I just fidget. Yeah, a fidget spinner. Did I say widget? Fidget spinner, yeah. yeah.
0: All right, on to South America, the last region. But I do
1: need to use my mouse when I'm clicking things. I can't do that without using it. Why can't you use your
0: mind? You're a computer, after all. Connect to ChatGPT. <laughs>
1: Switch tab. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so for South America, the team... So there was a tiebreaker between five and 7th place. So the teams that are now out are Kali, I don't know how to say that name. Uh, and Keed Stars. The teams that stay are Thunder, Awaken, Infinity, Infamous R, Alliance, Latam, and then the two teams will go to the major. Big surprise. EG goes six and one. Beast Coast seven and zero. Which I want to say is the exact same record as last time. I'm gonna. Yeah, think. I think it, so. Like I think EG lost the game to Beast Coast just like last time, right?
1: Yep. And Thunder Awakened lost to EG and Beast Coast. So this is like this is basically the exact same situation as Eastern Europe, right? Where the top three are just tiered and everyone else is just worse. So yep, this is, I mean it's going to be a big story for me when another team goes to the Major from SA. It just seems like (laughs) this is not happening, you know. It's kind of like NA. There's just two teams that are just better than the rest uh, every time.
0: Yep, it happens. But
1: maybe they will catch up. I mean, it just takes one series where it goes wrong, right? It just takes one time that Thunder beats EG or Beast Coast this time around, for example. Then that would have been enough uh, to at least ensure a tiebreaker. But yeah, this is a bit of a level of... There's a bit of a gap there, so to speak. True. Oh, God. Uh, And EG and Beast Coast, the good thing for this region about these teams going is that they are actually pretty good in international competitions, which in the past, SA has been very poor on the big stage, but for the last year or two, these two teams have uh, or rather these combinations of players have been able to get pretty good results. They can definitely make a running for even top three um, at the big tournaments, so we'll see them in Berlin. And that's it. That's the DPC. That's it. So
0: next thing we can briefly discuss is... If two starts
1: tomorrow, by the way. Okay.
0: Next thing we can briefly discuss is the Dream League, what season is this? Season 19. 19. And I'm going to put the graphic on the screen for the teams that we will be seeing at this tournament. Uh, we will be doing remote casting. I think that was announced today, finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so of these teams, who do you think has the best chance? We got Gaming Gladiators, Tundra, Liquid, Entity, OG, Shopify, Nouns, TSM, Talon, Execration, EG, Beast Coast, Team Spirit, X-Hellraisers, Team Aster, and PSG LGD.
1: Do you want to do a top three? How about that? Okay. (laughs) Alright, top three, in no particular order. I'll write this down. We always do our predictions, don't we?
0: And we we never even remember to go look at what we predicted. But we we do make the
1: predictions. We did do that with the (laughs) auto No, we also did are very it with, important. We did it with Peru as well, to be fair. Okay. We did remember. All right. All right, so I'm going to say Liquid gets top three. Do I dare? Do I dare pick a Chinese team? Chinese? <laughs> do it. It's tradition. Yeah. I feel like if if I don't do it this one time, they're going to do it, you know?
0: If that's what you want for China to do well, then don't pick them.
1: Yeah. I have so much power. Yeah. Um. All right, I'm going to say Gaming Gladiators as well. Okay. I think they look good in Div 1 once again. And my third team is... it, okay, it's LGD. Okay, let's do it. All right, so... Uh,
0: <laughs> I'm going to go with, you know, Liquid, Gaming and Shopify.
1: <laughs> Shopify is yours. All right. Yeah, of course. That's your guilty pleasure.
0: <laughs> you know me. They'll get All it together right. at some point, you know. So it's said it liquid <laughs> Shopify and gaming, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I I just I'm looking at these other teams, and I don't know. I mean, sure, like oh, any yeah. of these teams could like have a good run, like momentum mm-hmm. based, but based on the results, I just don't see like I don't see TSM
1: being able to beat Shopify. Like that's you not know gonna why this is going to be Shopify's tournament. Why? Crit now knows how Blink Dagger works.
0: You want to talk about that briefly? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was, I genuinely, I, to me, that was genuinely unbelievable. All right, why don't you I could prep not believe it? Probably. Right. So, there was a clip on Reddit recently from Crit's stream, and he's using Blink Dagger, and he's like, I swear I clicked it further than I didn't blink as far as I clicked with it. It's like, why not? And then he tried again, yeah, look, guys, I'm not blinking far enough. What the hell's going on? He didn't know about the Blink buffer range. Right. This guy has played blink heroes on position 4 for years as one of the best in the world and did not know this mechanic i could not believe it i genuinely i was like is he trolling (laughs) (laughs) are you serious is he just farming impressions on his stream but supposedly it was true from what i've heard like he just didn't know um Imagine him now, man. Now he knows so how his dagger works yeah. on his so, tiny and shaker. So that, that one five hundred times
0: that one is obviously quite egregious, especially since it's twenty twenty three now. But I, I'm gonna defend crit and mm-hmm. say this. Obviously, like doesn't take away from his skill at all. We all know he's one of the best players of all time. But yeah. Like when I owned a team, this is when so you know how there's people on Reddit and on Twitch chat and all that shit that defend pro players to the death mm-hmm. where if they like if casters criticize them just as an example they're like mm-hmm. well they obviously intended to do that but like to a fault they defend the pro players right mm-hmm. and i i wouldn't say i was like that necessarily but i kept that in the back of my mind until i owned a team and i realized that pro player they're really mechanically god tier like they're absolute gods mm-hmm. but there's actually a lot of mechanics they don't they don't get or they don't they never grew up with the same like you know gaming lifestyle that i did or whatever you know everybody mm. grows up in different environments there's a lot of little things that they don't know like i would just randomly mention something and they would have no idea that that existed in dota that happened literally weekly like it's not like it was an isolated incident <laughs> and then the big story was like the weha one that we've talked about in the past at ti where one of our coaches showed him how to aggro mid in the middle of the tournament at ti6 and once that happened he started owning every lane because he was getting dominated in every lane before that and that's literally the biggest reason why we got second place at that TI
1: so funny there's
0: to there's me. big things and small things like there's so many mechanics in Dota it's literally impossible so that's why i don't personally get i mean obviously i have no shame anymore but when we make a mistake about something that we don't know or something that mm-hmm. used to be the case back in the day it is literally impossible to remember everything at this stage there are so yeah. many mechanics that have very special like a lot of things are not uh not only are they not set in stone but they don't have the same interactions with other things in the game because it's seemingly random at times and mm-hmm. things change so much over the course of what we've been playing what 15 plus years or whatever that yeah obviously mistakes can be made and pro players do this shit all the time as well so i'm sure there's plenty of other pro players that i'm not saying they didn't know that one because <laughs> that one obviously a lot of people know but it uh, just goes so to show I that think, pro players don't know every mechanic for sure.
1: I think the reason that the blink one is so egregious is that it's very famous because of how stupid it is, right? It's yeah. just this one, everybody, you'd think everybody at a pro level he- has heard about it because mm-hmm. it's such a weird leftover from Warcraft 3. And I personally think it should be removed. Like, I don't understand why this is in the game anymore. It's just, it's just, like, there's no point, right? It's well, just add a difficulty what for distance, no reason. What distance would you choose? It should just have its max distance, then. The max distance. Like, yeah, wh- why should it be on the player? Like, I get it. It adds an element of skill. No, but it's, it's, just... it's an artificial ceiling. That's what it is. Exactly. It's just, it's just such a weird thing to be skillful about in right. this game that has a million other things that you could be skillful about. Yeah. Like, I think other mechanics, like creep aggro, for example, that you mentioned, falls in a different category because that's not about perfectly gauging on your screen what... 1200 1250 range or whatever it is is but it's about you know playing yeah it's different i I think you know what i mean about it but yeah yeah, the fact that he didn't know this was kind of mind-boggling to me i mean that whole argument you just made know that i would be like well yeah sure
0: i mean that argument you're making about like the artificial ceiling and why that's needed like i feel that way i mean it's not in the same extreme as the blink but i feel the same way about mana bars Mm because you can make the same like Let's say mana bars existed, where you could see the bar, but it doesn't show the numbers. So you don't know exactly how much. You know a percentage of what they have, but you don't know how much right. they actually have. And you still have to click them to see how much mana they have. Like for, you know, like anti mage type, whatever. So yeah. I think that's an unnecessary convolution I also of the game.
1: Don't think that needs to be the way it is. That's also fine. But that's the thing. Change. Like,
0: there's there's so many things in the game that don't need to be that way. That are blink dagger. I actually, it's something that I hadn't really thought about for a while. I, I would not be surprised if in the next year that gets changed because of this incident. Oh, I, I right? could absolutely like see it that. It could now just now be one of those things that's like this legacy thing that they just kept in the game. Like, yeah. eh, maybe we should get it. Nobody rid of
1: complained that. about it. Nobody, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then, I mean, Crit isn't complaining either. Um,. But yeah, that was, it was just it was it was funny to see. It's really fascinating when you think about it that you have a game with so much depth and players that are so insanely good. And then there there are a lot of I I would I would go out gotten a limb here and say there's a lot of 4 k MMR players out there that know more about the game than the pros. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, true. That just know more mechanics, know more things by heart, like mana costs, cast ranges, animations, all this stuff. But Dota is a game of feel. It's that's what's so beautiful about it is that you, the way you get good at this game is through tons and tons and tons of experience, just hands on experience and trying different stuff and whatever. But you can ask tons of pros about like specific questions where you're like, everybody knows the cooldown of this spell and they probably don't know, you know? Yeah. Like they can just feel it in the game that like it's about ready now.
0: Yeah. No, that's <laughs> definitely funny. true.
1: Um, now, one person yeah, that, that, that doesn't play on feel
0: is uh, AUI. He is a fucking nerd. And he will remember <laughs> the numbers of every single detail he will
1: probably remember which patch the Blink got changed to get this <laughs> shit. Yeah.
0: Wait, did it not always used to be that way?
1: It it might always have been this way, at least in Dota 2. But it, it might have been changed at some point. I mean, Blink has been patched in Dota 2. It hasn't been the same the whole time. It has price mana changes, cost, cooldown, mana cost, stuff that like would, this. There's been a difference.
0: I, I still think to this day, the biggest change that Dota ever made uh to game to like an item, like hmm changing the complexion of the game is the no mana cost blink dagger. That is by far the biggest change. And originally That's it was big. put in where you could blink after getting hit too though. So that was really broken. Then they got rid of that part and now it's like the coolest item in the game for sure. That's yeah. one of the best changes I've ever made. Easily.
1: One of the one of the most celebrated patches in Dota 1 was 648B, I think. That was the one where Virtus Pro with Vigos was one of the godly teams of Europe. It was them and MYM. um, And the meta there was to play silencer and blink heroes with stun. So it was like Sand King, Sven, um, Wraith King, at the time Skeleton King, I guess, was played. Because you could just blink after taking damage. (laughs) These Mm -hmm. blink stunners were blinking in and out. And one of the counters was silencer, because then you couldn't cast your stuns uh warlock was played as well but that's
0: 75 Um, mana cost i believe that's what it was felt so bad so bad and when that was taken off man what a change okay anyway if you're an athlete you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down after all a team is only as good as its weakest link so you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field that's why there's no vape in team When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step
1: behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: Uh, all right, last topic of Dota specifically, and this is something you're more familiar with than me because apparently I've just been off of Reddit.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. I'll let
0: you take it, Cinderin.
1: Yeah, so this is a really big story that came out in the last 24 hours. I'm going to try to paraphrase it. I'm not going to go into all the details because there's a lot going on and it's still unconfirmed, a lot of it. But basically, if you go on Reddit right now, it's all over the front page. Um, It's about organized uh, organized match-fixing and, yeah, well, organized match-fixing predominantly in Eastern Europe with, like, to the level of somebody who is called Anton, organizing, convincing players to do this or that in return for money, right? And just betting on matches, even organizing their own league so that they could just in-house set up everything. Um, Now, this isn't fully confirmed, but the way this has been. So first of all, the guy who made the video is Morph Designer, who is one of the most well-regarded uh, content creators in in Eastern Europe. He's always been making really good content, and he's been spending a lot of time and energy on this. He's had someone investigated for him, supposedly. Um, so they've worked together on trying to uncover this scandal, basically. Mm. And some of the evidence in here is pretty damning. Like, some of it is more or less... I would say it's unconfirmed, but some of it is so close to confirmable that I would just say that is true. And then there's some of the things that are maybe less... Uh, Less con- less, how to say less? Um... Concrete? Nah, I don't know if that's the right word, but like not not fully certain, like where the evidence isn't as overwhelming, but where it's speculation more more so. But speculation that could very well be true. Let's put it that way. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's there's a shitload of stuff. If you're interested in it, I recommend you just go and watch and read it yourself. There's a video on Reddit right now. Uh, it's called. It translates to effectively the king of three two two. Um we can I don't know if you want to put a link in the description of the video we can do that um I'll I'll send you the link for people that want to watch this and my my take on this in general is obviously I mean shit like this makes me worried for the future of the game I'll just be completely honest about it cuz it's not that we didn't it's not that we weren't worried that something like this was happening right I mean it's basically confirmed at this point that something like this was happening in China but because a lot of the teams got banned for match fixing or cheating and whatnot, but this problem might go a lot deeper than you might think on a surface level, and it draws into question the integrity of a lot of shit, like Div 2, Eastern Europe, even some Div 1 players or teams could be re- could be involved in this, or at least tangentially related to it. Um, it's just really fucking shit. <laughs> like, there isn't really much else to say about it. Match fixing and and all this is, it's one thing that it's happening, but the other thing is, what do you do about it as Valve, right? Because in the end, yeah, you can ban you can ban players, which is what has happened in the past. Seemingly, a lot of bans that have come out hasn't stopped the problem. So, what's your next step? Like, is this just going to keep happening? Uh, is there some way of? You know, getting to the root of the whole problem, and you know, this is this is criminal stuff, right? Like this is this gives jail time if you supposedly, right? (laughs) I would hope so, um, for the people organizing and running this whole shit. And it's just really bad if the Dota Pro scene is step by step devolving into into match fixing because, like. It's no secret, and it's obvious to anybody that watches, that a lot of the money that is flowing around now in broadcasting as well, right? a lot of the big sponsorships for tournaments are from betting sites that are looking to get more people to bet on their games, which is, you know, you can have whatever take you want about betting, good or bad. Uh, Like, I inherently, I think I've talked about this in the podcast before, I don't inherently have a problem with betting as long as it's regulated and run run properly. But obviously, it becomes trickier and trickier when the teams and the players and some sort of organization behind that might not be even related with the betting site are abusing Mm -hmm. the system and gaming it to their advantage, which just, at that point, inherently makes the betting a lot more gray area than it already is. Um, But the fact of the matter is the the, the Dota 2 Pro scene depends on it. We can't just cut out all betting sponsors and all of this from the scene because unfortunately there isn't enough non-endemic sponsorships there's barely there's even less endemic sponsorships than there used to be so to give you an example monster only sponsors liquid now they were sponsoring like 10 orgs they only sponsor liquid intel is withdrawing from all esports i think so is nvidia like these massive sponsorships that we used to have that were promoting their stuff and making our scene function are pulling out so you know there's less and less places to get funding for your tournaments, uh, for your teams, and all this stuff. And it means that we're more dependent on betting sponsorships than ever. So that's one thing, which I would say is obviously not ideal, but it just gets so much worse with stuff like this, right? Because mm-hmm. we're dependent on them, and then they also do this. It's, it's worrisome. It's a really vicious spiral, I think. Um, so I think... And I hope these videos help. I really do. I hope this is, becomes a positive thing that he released yeah. this. But
0: I, So I didn't know anything about the, this beforehand. Um, but we did talk about how China, there's been rumors for many years that this is basically what's happening there. So to hear mm-hmm. that that's happening also in Eastern Europe, not great. Um, I think one thing that... So for from Valve's perspective, what they do is a strong armed approach is that even the right way to say it you basically are banning people for life it's killing careers Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but if your career is not giving you enough like maybe that's worth the risk for these players right like i'm not going to go into like the reasons that they would do it like outside of like being influenced by other parties or whatever i'm just looking at from a very basic standpoint i'm Mm -hmm. not making enough money to play anyway so it's either this or i do a different job so i might as well do this until i get caught and then i'm banned whatever it's not that big of a mm-hmm. loss. So from that standpoint, what else can Valve do that would dissuade this behavior, right? Obviously there's the idea of spending more money to put mm-hmm. into the scene which that I'm sure would help to some degree, but there's got to be something in addition to that that would dissuade I this mean, kind of behavior.
1: So from my perspective at least certain stories that we've heard in the past about players uh, match fixing, right? It has been Something even down to, I needed to pay my bills, and I wasn't getting the necessary results in Dota. And then people can just say, get good as much as they want. But the fact of the matter is, in Dota, it's the top 1% that makes top 70% of the money. Mm -hmm. So the game is inherently designed, or the the pro scene is inherently designed in such a way that the vast, 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 vast vast majority of the money goes in TI. And out of that, 50% is top three. More. 60% is top three. Maybe even more than that. Maybe 70% of top, is top three, I think. Isn't actually. it
0: like 40% is just for number one? It's like or something 44% like
1: that? number one. And then it's like, yeah, it's, it's like 75% actually, I think. Goes to the top three, right? So think about that for a second. You have an entire competitive year. There's one tournament at the end of the year that is the, like 80% of the prize pool. And of that 80%, 75% of that 80% goes to top three. Which to me is like, I've talked about I've talked this to fucking death at this point in the podcast, right? But I'll still fight for it because I feel like this is one of the biggest things that Valve has a lot of control over and would make a really big difference for the health of the scene. And also I think, I hope, would help with this problem. Because at the end of the day, if you look at Dota, it's almost like a lottery ticket, right? Because you can be as skilled as you want. It's still it's a five-person game. You need to there's crunch time. You need to play your best when it matters the most, and then you need to get to TI. Step number one. Then at TI, you need to get a high placement as well. If you if you're playing from, let's say, a Western European country with pretty high expenses, and you qualify for TI and get last, it doesn't even pay your year. Mm-hmm. You're in the top sixteen, top eighteen teams in the world in an exceptionally competitive field, but with sponsors pulling out, with all of this stuff, orgs are not putting as much money into player salaries into activation all this stuff as they were in the past because it's like these two things are symbiotic right like the way the way teams invest or the way orgs invest into the game depends on the exposure and what they get in return with how tournaments are structured with how prize pools are structured and if you're an org let's say you're an org and you're like hmm we have a budget we have we want to spend we want to get into a new game and our budget for this new game this year is a million dollars Who's going to pick Dota?
0: That's a really good point.
1: You're getting a return on investment if your team does well at TI, and in basically every other situation, you lose. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you could get into Counter Strike. You get in Call of Duty. You could get into whatever, right? Where there's more regular return on investment, essentially, right? So, so
0: that is the best argument you've ever made for
1: this type of it's really problematic, right? Because if you think about it, then what ends up happening is so players, because of the structure that there is, the players are, as you pointed out, maybe more likely to get dragged into something like this because they see the writing on the wall. It's like, well, if I don't make TI or if, you know, they're spending this much time, they have to pay their bills. Like, I mean, I'm never going to say that I support them, right? Of course I don't. I don't want anyone to match fix, but you can easily see that the temptation becomes more and more overwhelming when you add up all the factors. And you could definitely combat some of the factors by restructuring the fiscal year for the game. If if the entire year was flatter and TI was still the biggest tournament, then you have way more, quote-unquote, chances at the lottery, right? Because there's, instead of one tournament that's 80% of the prize pool, what if TI was 35 or 40, which is still massively the biggest tournament? But then throughout the year, you're going to maybe qualify to some stuff, maybe get... A third place here or there you're going to get into a division you're going to get into a tournament like whatever it is where you make especially if you're from eastern europe you don't even need that good placements because the cost of living is way lower right It's so, it's
0: basically a trickle down effect and yes i mean you basically summed it up but i want to just hammer it in because that is the best point i've ever heard we've talked uh, about talking about this for how many years now and i don't know if you brought up that exact Scenario of what what the trickle down effect would be, but it's actually perfect because the the orgs and the sponsors will become more involved if teams don't rely on one tournament. Yes, and then from that, players will get more money. All of that comes down to a redistribution of the money to start with. Yeah, and I, so I will say this though: I don't think that fixes everything with match fixing. I think that does certainly help, and it makes the scene healthier. There's no question in my mind that that's the case, but on top of all that, I wonder what Valve can even do from a legal standpoint, like to yeah. go after people that do this, because it's in different countries. I'm sure on some level they just don't, I don't say they don't give a shit, but it's it's a lot of hassle. So I can't even blame mm-hmm. them for not wanting to do that, but that might be necessary to find like some third party that will help facilitate that to some degree. Because I think yeah. that's the third step is getting legal and like fucking some people up, basically, financially, to yeah. dissuade this even more. Because ending their career apparently isn't enough, which is crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the other thing is, let's say you're banned from Valve events, right? There's still other tournaments running, and these players... That even means that the, the true, like, the quote-unquote ultimate punishment that we had in the past isn't actually killing these players' careers entirely. Because if they can still play in other tournaments, and match fix in those, then they can make a living off it, right? Well,
0: what then tournaments, it's not just your... T- it's, like these, it's not like the ESL stuff. No. Because so they wouldn't accept like, them, I don't think. So... Just like so the Betboom tournaments it, and that shit?
1: Yeah, I, I'm not going to highlight any specific tournament without knowing for a fact that it happened, right? But in the video from Morph, he is talking about a tournament called the Neon Esports League, I think it was called, and that he is uncovering has been run... And organized in part by people or running organized match fixing. And they have had teams in this tournament that are just, you know, a part of this whole, yeah, part of this whole machine, basically, um, which is, you know, <laughs> I, I don't need to say anything, right, about that, what that is. Um, but yeah. I definitely don't, don't, don't interpret this as everything is Valve's fault, because I, I'm with you. I feel like there's certain things they can do, and there's certain things they just can't do, and it just sucks, and I think they really want to help with the integrity of the game. But again, from my perspective, if they really do, then that is my best suggestion, is change the year. That's, I think that is where Valve can do the absolute most, with the absolute smallest amount of effort, is to yep. move the money around. Um, But they don't get big numbers at TI. That's that's the loss, right? About the whole legal shit and everything, I know nothing about how that what they can do, how it would concretely work, what they would even how they would even start. So I'm not gonna like go with come with a take on that because I genuinely don't know what they should do there. But I do know that we don't even need a small TI, right? So obviously TI 10 was like 40 million in prize pool, and the last one was about 25 um if you took even let's just operate under the assumption that ti doesn't get bigger again let's just say it's 25 and you took 10 million out of that or 15 ti would still easily be the biggest tournament and now all this other money being spread throughout the year makes division one suddenly a livable wage in the us in western europe Mm -hmm. it makes Uh, but you don't make headlines anymore that's the problem the majors are worth two million dollars instead of 500k so if you're one of these players that finally gets to a major you can start playing the bottom eight teams like you're not paying bottom eight at the majors even because the majors are worth half a mil and you want the top placements to be meaningful and within the scope of only having a half a million dollars for the major i kind of get the reasoning that they don't pay bottom eight it's from my perspective it just sucks right like if the major had three times, four times, five times the prize pool, you would definitely be paying downwards. Because mm-hmm. then you could still have big top placements that truly you know, matter to the ones that have a great run without completely sacrificing the bottom. Um, and it's just it's, a, it's kind of a leftover from TI, right? The first couple of TIs had no prize money for bottom eight, which, looking back now, for me, is also kind of ridiculous. Uh, but the early TI's also didn't have Kinda as much like of a prize. Kind of like the Blink Dagger range. Legacy, (laughs) legacy indeed. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I I don't know. I really hope that
0: yeah. I hope. I mean, we're beating the dead horse at this point, but I think that was the best job you've done explaining it. Even though I mean, took you enough times, you know, a hundred times talking about it. I've gone
1: through a lot of reiterations. (laughs) It has to get better at some point.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's do one more topic before we bid everybody adieu. Uh, Ability arena. Ooh. we've come out with our biggest update ever Cinderin. we had our tournament today mm-hmm. uh, sing sing one congratulations sing sing he nice. beat monkeys job, forever in a tiebreaker that we made up at the last second to make sure that oh, monkeys didn't classic. win again
1: what was what was the tiebreaker
0: uh, just whoever had the highest placement in the final game uh, the okay. final game actually ended with sing sing beating purge uh, and purge had to leave halfway through the game and still got second place. So we were watching Sing Sing beat an AFK player for the last 10 minutes of the game. I'm sure monkeys love that tiebreaker. Really. He <laughs> was very it's happy wonderful. about
1: that. I uh, love that we go from competitive integrity <laughs> straight over to this.
0: It's fine. It's fine. No big deal. Uh, Alright, so the, uh, the update is enormous. I'm going to actually share my screen here. Uh, there we go. So it is only season 5.5, but it's, like I said, it's the biggest update we've ever come on. It's called the Pantheon update. So we've introduced items in a way. So I'm mm-hmm. going to explain exactly how it works. Um, and actually Jenkins did a better job of explaining it to me. So i explaining explain it today. So essentially think of Gabe Newell himself is in the middle of the map. Mm -hmm. And every eight rounds, he calls forth a champion. Well, maybe I shouldn't use that word. Calls forth a hero from each player. Okay, so each player chooses one hero to be a part of this Pantheon trial in the middle of the map. Okay. And they spawn in order of HP, current HP. So the first person in the lobby, whoever's winning, will spawn first. Whoever's last will spawn last. And they spawn in a circle, okay? Okay. And they start just free for alling. Just beat the shit out of each other. And then based on who wins and the order of that, you pick items for your heroes. And there are different effects that occur with each trial. And at the beginning of the game, if you look at the top bar, it'll actually show you icons that explain what those trials are going to be, which I can go Mm -hmm. over briefly. So uh, this is just a screenshot of what the Pantheon, like you're picking your hero to go to the trial. uh, And then once you're done, the... I guess I can zoom in a bit here. You have an item pool and each person is selecting one. So you just choose them in order. So you're just watching what people pick. So obviously if you're if you're the first place guy and you get last then, or you die first, then you're getting the last pick essentially of the items. Right. And since there's three trials in the game, the items get progressively better. So they go from like B tier to A tier to S tier. Uh, and this is what the item UI looks like now. So you have a little bench for the, the item nice. that you can drag onto. It's kind of like Underlords, drag it onto the hero icon itself. Uh, so the way that we've kind of separated the trials, uh, there are four types of trials, and within them, there's a bunch of different effects. Okay, try not to make mm-hmm. this too complicated. There's three tank trials. So if you see like a a strength icon, it means it's probably a good idea to put a tanky guy in there because the negative effects will be minus 50% spell damage and minus 50% attack damage for all the three tank trials. Mm-hmm. And within the tank trials, there's either the fire element, earth, or nature, which will, like fire for as an, as an example, will just deal magic damage per second to everybody. So you want a tanky guy. Earth trial mm-hmm. will, you know, based on how much armor you have, that's how much damage you're doing in an AOE, uh, etc. I'm not going to go through every single one. Then this there's- is a
1: really good idea. I really like this. The
0: DPS trials, which is the agility icon, has storm, which is like 200 attack speed for everybody. Blood, 50% life steal for everybody. Poison, you get double damage. But this one, I'm like, gonna
1: go out on a limb here and say this is the shortest trial. Yep, it's quite short.
0: <laughs> you get minus 50% spell damage and minus 50% regen slash healing, other than life steal. So basically incentivizes you to use like your carry, but you don't have to. You can still do well without them but it just amplifies mm-hmm. them. And then spell casting has their own three as well with Ethereal, Arcane, and Ice. And then we added, of course, four Joker Trial. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> just as, as an example, Joker Trial 1, your unit spells are replaced with four random abilities from your other heroes. So you want to pick your most useless hero, which I think is funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one is all your abilities temporarily are upgraded to Gaben. Trial 3, your unit's... Have 10,000 cast range and 10,000 attack range. And four, you just combine two other random trials together. So, like I said, the top bar, you can see when the game starts, which ones are going to happen. So you can kind of plan ahead. Uh, we've also come out with some new <clears throat> cosmetics. We actually made a very big change because we're trying to make, we've talked about this before, trying to make more money because we're not doing super hot in that department. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than like, you know, the whole God unlocking experience, we want to make cosmetics kind of stand out so come out with a new bundle uh, that comes with a new boxing themed arena which you can see here it's very it's blue with like the red white and blue uh what are those called the sides of the arena the ropes uh ropes i, I guess it's ropes
1: but and then you have so. creeps on the Isn't side that why that you say you're the f- the on the saying ropes? that you're on the ropes is from boxing right yeah i, I,
0: so. I bet there's a specific name for it too but anyway okay. there's creeps on the side that actually cheer you on which you can see in this gif here And we also added a new click effect, which is a boxing glove and you're punching the ground and it makes (laughs) a very satisfying noise. And this is where the big change happened that we we thought it would be cool. So your click effects can now be seen by everybody in the game. So if you go to somebody's board and you click the shit out of the board, they will see you doing that. They won't hear the effect, but they'll see it. So, so
1: everybody can just click on the same board and there's like yes. eight mice there. So when
0: you're doing the Pantheon round in the middle, you're going to, you know, everybody's can That's click great. and see that shit. So we, we hope that this will be a cosmetic that people will like. We also added a spawn effect. Uh, So we added a default, very basic, like blinking spawn effect when all the heroes spawn for each battle. And then this one, it's called Darkness, is the one that you mm-hmm. can get in the store. It's like a little... How would you describe this center? Because I really have trouble. It's like a almost like a night stalker effect. I feel like like a bluish, hazy, yeah, purple,
1: black, black, blue, like kind of fog beam. Yeah, that spawns when that teleports your hero into battle, basically.
0: Yeah. So those are the big cosmetics that we added. We also added nine abilities. Uh, frost. I'm not going to go through every single part of the abilities, but frost arrows. They have built in hypothermia. So this is you know, something for your carry that, you know, gives you a little bit of damage, but is more so for anti-healing, which I think is going to be important. You used to
1: have Frost Arrows, right? And then you took it out?
0: Yes, And then you correct.
1: brought it back, yeah, okay.
0: Uh, Guardian Angel is now in the game. The Gabin is a percent chance when getting attacked to cast a Hammer of Purity on the attacker. This has obviously been put in mostly for the anti-physical meta, or the physical meta in general. Mm -hmm. living armor probably the most boring spell that jenkins really fought to put in the game uh wanted to talk about that one very boring but it's good overgrowth we needed like a bkb piercing kind of aoe ult so overgrowth was great and the gaben will cast 10 radial nature's grasps (laughs) looks damage. i don't know but it 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 looks cool i can tell you that much (laughs)
1: that's the most important part
0: pierce the veil so we wanted to put a muerta ability in the game and we chose the ult and we had to actually nerf the damage because it was really good. Mm. Uh, the Gaben gives you Gunslinger, so technically two of her abilities are in the game now. Yep. Uh, this one's very strong. Primal Roar. We had to up the damage because it was a little bit lackluster. But again, we wanted another counter to like Rolling Thunder for BKB piercing. Um, Didn't
1: the you also is, have this spell in the game at no, one point. This one. No, this not. is the first time. Okay. Yeah.
0: The Gaben, the secondary targets that usually are pushed away, they also will get stunned. So could be a whiff or it could like win you the round my personal Mm -hmm. favorite ability that we added is rebound so this will prioritize going off your frontliner and the super will provide both you and the frontliner or whoever you bounce off of spell immunity for a couple seconds and the rebound will prioritize backline as well and (coughs) then the gaben when you land uh you dispose level four dispose in an AoE around you. It's really cool. I like this ability a lot. Uh and then Shadow Wave was added, which gives bad juju for the Gabin, so a little minus armor slash like low cooldown heal. And spirit siphon, really strong, as you would imagine. Gives percentage based damage at the super and the shard for the Gaben. Uh and then obviously I the one thing I didn't mention is all the or most of the items that were part of skills have now been replaced. So I'm not gonna even show the changelog. There's a shit ton of spells that were changed uh, as a result of that. So that's gonna be a so huge... you like
1: separated them so that the items are now the ones you get from the pantheon, and then the spells yeah. just have another effect. Yeah. Okay.
0: There's still a couple items here and there that we're fine with keeping in that respect, but for the most part, we got rid of most of them then we also redesigned the god pick screen so you can actually type a god like in dota where you filter oh, that's them out nice. and we added a uh, a bonus rewards incentive thing where i'm not sure you can see in the screenshot but some of the icon or some of the god avatars have like a little icon next to them and if you pick that god which it prioritizes gods that you don't pick very often uh, you get bonuses so for example you could get 50% more gold for playing that god, 50% XP extra for playing that god, or 50% more MMR for playing the and god. And then I'm
1: assuming the MMR is both plus and minus. Correct. It's yeah, a risk. so it's literally a one and a half gold down. That's right. Right. Uh, I like this. This is something... Uh, this whole bonus rewards thing, this is the kind of thing that I think Dota needs more of, by the way. Uh, you just, think so, huh? Yeah. I don't think
0: that would ruin... Uh, I mean... Technically, that's in the game from the Battle Pass, right? Because you have those ca- yeah, cavern so, crawls or whatever.
1: All right, so just to clarify, it's not the specific things you guys have. I don't think if you pick Dazzle this game, you should get 50% more gold, okay? <laughs> don't worry. No, We're don't not worry. going there. But um, So right now, the way Dota works, there's no, there's no incentive to play daily unless you have Dota Plus, right? Mm. With Dota Plus, you get shards for first daily win or whatever, and you have your guild quests um but i think i definitely think valve could improve in dota give you more reasons to play and give you more reasons to be less toxic so (laughs) um i think dota's structure in terms of like rewards is very stick based and not that carrot to be honest because like what if you started getting rewards in the game in some sort of implementation? I don't know exactly which one it should be, but oh, you're... What, if you, what if you got rewards for getting reported less? Yeah, or
0: the, that 10,000 number, what's that called again?
1: Behavior score?
0: Yeah, like there's no benefit yeah, to doing that really, right? other than not, not being in low priority. Not in
1: particular, at least. I mean, maybe there is more incentives or more value to it than I think. I know for mm-hmm. a fact that when your behavior score drops low, your queue times get longer because there's less people in the pool for you to match with, which is obviously great. But that's, again, that's just pure stick, right? It's like, you are a bad actor, therefore you get worse games and more, more queue time. But what if you're a good actor? What do you get except not punished? You don't, like... So to give you an example, in other games, you would, if you were... I don't think it should be commend based, because I think people are just going to exploit the fuck out of that, right? Like, then you're just going to spam commends on your friends all the time and try to, you know, farm rewards or whatever. Mm-hmm. But... What if there was rewards for getting reported less, or rewards for... It could be tied to behavior score in some capacity, or to uh, not getting voice muted, you know, for being a good actor in voice chat, because clearly, you know, they're voice muting people that are bad actors in communication, so you could, again, there, there could be that kind of rewards for just being a good actor, and then there could be daily rewards for playing, which... You know, most games have some sort of implementation of that because they recognize that getting people to play every day is really good for the game because it makes a bigger player pool. It makes people more invested in the game, which in turn probably makes them spend more money on it, right? I feel like Dota doesn't do that nearly as much as it could. It's only really Dota Plus, and that's already a paid feature. So that's already for the people that are invested in it, right? You're not bringing in the people that aren't.
0: Games in beta, bro. Okay.
1: Yeah. Anyway, this just reminded me of that when I saw this. I was like, yeah, you guys are giving people a reason to play. You're giving people a reason to try something else and to rent trying and cool experience things. more of the game. Yes, it's great. I think this kind also, of thing is really good. Th- this one has game
0: implications, kind of. It's a small incentive, but if you random a god now, you get a free reroll for the shop in the game. Oh. So, little incentive to try new things, basically. Yep. And then the final thing, Cinderin i emailed gabe newell and i'm Mm -hmm. like hey i'd really like it if you could or the community would like it if you could lend your voice to us for a couple voice lines in ability arena because you know the lore is based on you the the spells are literally called gabens and i explained the whole process Mm -hmm. to him and what that was like and this is what he sent
1: welcome to ability arena
0: i don't know if you could hear that cindarin you can huh? see the, uh, all my ASMR here, so apologies. <laughs> I don't know if you have the stream off of mute,
1: but basically... I, I just played it myself.
0: So Gabe Newell uh, sent. asked for two voice lines. The first one is, welcome to Ability Arena. And the second one is for every Pantheon round, where he says... Uh, shit, what is it? Let the Pantheon round begin. And he did like eight takes of each and we're using them (laughs) so it's a random line that you get at the beginning of the game or during the pantheon round and i think that's really fucking cool so thank you to gabe newell uh i posted this online and people are like is this ai generated?" (laughs) we're living (laughs) we're living in a time where you can't even trust like first of all i would never risk posting gabe newell's voice like that without his permission uh but
1: yeah that was with his permission so very happy you know you know what you also should have asked now that you got in touch? You uh, should have asked him to do the sexy Gaben sound <laughs> in his voice. Ooh, yeah. Oh, delicious. Gaben. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't want didn't to push it too far. Uh, <laughs> so I, I actually emailed him, and he was trying to set it up with like his assistant. And like I can, I'm just in the email chain. He's like, yeah, let's do this. Uh, let's do it today at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm three days later which we're getting close to the update i'm like do i message him again like it's Mm. so awkward because he's doing me a favor but the update's about to come out so i bit the bullet and i emailed him saying you know if you can't get Mm -hmm. to it that's fine i feel so awkward doing that shit man i hate like i I know i come off as like not having any shame which is true and like for certain things but for some reason, like getting people to do stuff like that, it's very cringy. Like, I cringe myself out asking, but happy that I did it because uh, it turned out well. So, yep, that is uh, the big, juicy update for Ability Arena. And hopefully, you guys will like it. It's pretty cool, if I do say so myself. Okay, that will do it for this week's episode, Cinder. And thank you for joining us this week. Will it? Didn't you want to talk
1: about the CS thing?
0: we could i mean we're at an hour 12 minutes so i figured you want to okay we, we can do that one more Wait, topic what?
1: what you have a problem um when you're on twitter yes is your home button in the top left the one that's usually a house or a bird doge that's also doge for you yeah that was a few days ago yeah how long has it been that was that an april fools and they just haven't changed it i don't know it's elon musk We've, it's fucking been Doge for days.
0: I should just keep. I should just call him He Who Must Not Be Named because I I can't bear my I can't bear to say his name again. Uh, is that what you want to talk about, the Doge? Icon? No, <laughs> You're I really just noticed. Really no. taken aback by it. No, I no, say. I
1: just I start. I just clicked Twitter and then it was the Doge loading icon and the Doge home button. I was like, why is this still there?
0: <laughs> anyway, all right. Anyway, so Counter Strike Two, Cinderin, uh, there's some announcements. So, the Paris Major, which I don't... When is that? Is that soon? Or is that in a couple months? Can you look that up? Uh,
1: I don't know when the next CS Major is. All
0: right. So, there's one more Counter-Strike GO Major. It's going to be in Paris. I can't remember when it is. Mm-hmm. And then, that's the last one ever for CS GO. And then, they've already somehow announced the first Counter-Strike 2 Major, which is in Copenhagen, Cinderin. March 17th to 31st at the Royal Arena. That's in a year. They're announcing this a year in advance. Can you fucking imagine if that was a thing in Dota? (laughs) Holy shit. That's insane. But that's actually quite a long time. They announced
1: TI 12 at TI 11.
0: So, May 8th, apparently, according to our chat, is when the next. Okay. Paris
1: Majors. So Paris majors. that's
0: like 10 months with no Counter-Strike have big a
1: tournaments. Drought. I mean there's going to be other stuff then surely.
0: Third party tournaments, yeah.
1: Yeah, you but would imagine. Will it be in CS2
0: or in CS:GO? I would imagine CS2. Rush.
1: But when is it CS2 comes out? There's no date. No, but they said some sort of quarter, right? Is it in the summer? Oh, I, I think they said summer, right? So that's anywhere between June and August probably.
0: Or in Valve time that means winter.
1: Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, this is obviously amazing. How far is this from you, out of curiosity? Uh, And have you been to this arena? Five hours by train or 40 minutes by flight?
0: You've been to the arena? The Royal Arena? Uh,
1: I don't think so. No, I don't think I've been there. I would ask Um, you what it's
0: usually used for, but I know you wouldn't have an answer.
1: um, I mean, concerts. This is also not the first CS event in Royal Arena, I think. They've been there before, right? I don't know. I think so. I think there's been Blast in there already. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that's been there. Um, But anyway, super happy, obviously. It's not like I'm patriotic or anything, but it's just good for Denmark to get more esport events of this magnitude. And I guess part of me is hoping that the more successful events of this kind we have, the bigger chance that a Dota Major would be there, which would obviously be super cool because As much as I've worked tons of different Dota events, I've never really had my real life friends attend, and it was a big bummer that the Stockholm major was canceled because, or Stockholm TI was moved to Bucharest. Are you
0: saying I'm not a real life friend, you Are trying to say?
1: Yeah, pretty much. No, so a lot of my That's a lot like of shit. my friends from like high school uh, and yeah, even further back would have potentially attended the the Stockholm TI right they were planning and they were getting excited for it and then it got cancelled and moved to Bucharest with no crowd and then obviously that fell through so that was a chance for my friends to participate and see what it's like because they haven't been to any of these big events Mm. Um, and I see Crit responding to the major tweet as well saying Dota in Copenhagen please you know like it would be really cool if we could get a Dota event I'd like uh, one in Arizona
0: as well Cinderin. you know if you get one in Copenhagen I get one in Phoenix yeah. I'll take a, you to my Thai, my favorite Thai place and Vietnamese place. I'm down. And There's place. probably
1: a little bit of a difference in terms of like player base in those two areas, but... We could go to LA well, I, as well. I, it's not that far. I, 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 I say that, but is that even uh, true like denmark, actually it's not denmark doesn't have a lot of dota what's it's the
0: population like, of copenhagen Europe. versus phoenix i would actually be interested in though i don't
1: uh, there might be more people playing dota in arizona is what you're claiming
0: no no no, no. i'm just saying just general population you, you might be right though i have no idea uh, copenhagen's population 600k okay definitely i think we're three million <laughs> phoenix <laughs> population 1.625 million right? half of that whatever Close uh, enough
1: but yeah it was more from the perspective of, obviously, like NA already has had... Arizona, f- decent, 7 million. Yeah. NA has had a decent share of, of Dota terms, right? And obviously, TI has been in NA many times. Um, Dude, that's it. I'm sorry. And rumor I, I, has it they will have it again this year.
0: I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, I, I can't get over the fact that a state... Arizona, 7.2 million population. Mm-hmm. Denmark, 5.8 million. A state has more... That is yeah so when we make these jokes that you know americans don't know geography the country you guys don't know the states (laughs) that's actually valid like a state is a fucking country pretty much yeah it's insane anyway i mean it make
1: it makes sense as an american that you would know the states pretty well because of you know how influential it is within your like sphere so to speak but for europeans the u.s is first of all obviously aside from being far away Most people that go to the US for like tourism reasons is like specific. There's like some states that probably have like, I don't know, a huge percentage of the tourism goes to like three states, probably, right? Yeah. Um, So like a lot of the other states just aren't that well known because Europeans don't interact with them at all. Um, But yeah, I guess it's the same for you. Yeah, Denmark is a pretty small country. There's a lot of good things to be said about that though. Yeah, I can imagine. For sure. Um yeah. So yeah,
0: I've been playing well, that's cool. I've that's been cool playing Counter Strike so 2. I think I talked about it last time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh done. I've stopped playing because it's Dust Two only. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. sick of Dust Two. But certain things of the game do feel really good. Like the the hit registry is incredible, it feels better than 128 tick, but the movement feels pretty trash right now.
1: And do you well, we'll feel see. like overall with the bit that you've played, let's say In its current form, you ported all the maps over, which game would you play right now? CS2? Over what? Like, over CSGO. Yeah. Okay, so you think CS2 is better already?
0: Well, that's the thing is, like, normal matchmaking in CSGO is 64 tick. Mm -hmm. That's a low bar to set.
1: But you're, and most people that are, that's like, all you care about. That's the biggest for, thing. Yeah. Okay. But
0: competitively, they play ESCA, they play, you know, mm-hmm. face it, whatever, it's 128 tick. So that's, I'm not going to pay for that shit because I don't take it seriously anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So hit registry feels better than 64 tick. The movement does not. So it's okay. still better overall, but I hope that they are able to fix stuff like that. But, got it. Yeah. Should be interesting to see. I think we'll be talking more about Counter Strike in the future, Cindarin. I'm ready to early. Ready to make it my uh, second game, mm-hmm. so to speak. Until uh,
1: to CS are we going to go into CS2 casting, Shannon? No. Do you think we
0: can compete? You're too far behind, so we'll go Neon can, Prime um, instead.
1: I know some of the things. That's okay. good enough, right?
0: Yeah, you know what the guns are called.
1: M- most of them, at least the important ones. Yeah, that's good.
0: That's all you I need. I know, know
1: what the maps are called. I know what some of the callouts are called.
0: Even I don't know some of the callouts because when I played, we would make our own callout names and I would make like <laughs> a little mini map thing and we put the like literally every spot that's a corner in a specific like every map would have one called monkey and then horse and then hippo. Those are not. Of course, it was fucking animal based. Those are, I mean, that's easy to remember. And one of them, it was hilarious. It was an inferno. We didn't even, we called the area horse. And then literally two months went by and we were in the map like doing smokes. And I start hearing a neighing sound. like, There's literally a horse sound in the horse spot. We didn't even know that. And we called it horse. Just unbelievable. You know, it's just meant to be. And of course, it's not called horse. It's called spindle, which now is now called tombstone or some shit because it's not a spindle anymore. Anyway, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We appreciate it. It was a good convo center. It's been two weeks. It felt like too long. You know,
1: yeah, it's been long, and I just came home last night. Yeah,
0: it must be real jet lagged that I woke up for you. So jet lagged from taking that like three-hour flight. My
1: goodness! I mean, okay. To be honest, though, I was on three different schedules while I was there. I did NAU and China, so my i i went to i went to cast on three hours of sleep a couple of times or panel because I was moving around my schedule so much.
0: Why did you agree to that? That's rule number one. Know your worth, Sindarin.
1: <laughs> rule number one, just say no and sleep. Yeah, I, that's good. I mean, that's part of mental health. Nah, so, so in all fairness, it's like, obviously part of it is on the scheduling of swapping regions, but I'm not going like, to be like, oh, PGL just overworked me or whatever. Like the amount of work that I had to do, I think was very reasonable. And honestly, largely part of the reason I didn't sleep as much as I could was my World of Warcraft? Like if, if I would have planned it better. World of Warcraft? Just Not say really. it. No, it wasn't any really? particularly thing except my own oh. day rhythm and my okay. own desire to stay. With
0: I'm sorry to keep this going. World of Warcraft, that reminded me of something. I'll make this very oh. quick. Play Diablo okay. 4. Oh, you played it? I played it for 20 minutes and then uninstalled it. Mm. <laughs> All right. It was when it was free and Nikki was playing it. I'm like, you know, it's free. Let me just, let me just you know. It's been so many years since I tried a true RPG like this. Let me just mm. try it legitimately 20 minutes and i i can't stand this game i'm sorry so not anything everyone. not anything against people that like it i'm envious of you if anything but my god mm-hmm. i can't take it i don't know what it is now the thing i do like about it is the story stuff like when i went to like cutscenes and stuff like that the blizzard cutscene are fucking s tier like nobody does it better yeah, that's the one thing so they're still good good at that. Thing. and the general like storyline is very interesting it's very dark which i like but just literally everything else about the game I can't stand. I just can't stand playing it. So I'll watch so the cutscenes when they come out. You'll
1: watch Diablo the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, that'll so, do it. Oh, right. go ahead. Go ahead, Cinderan. No, no, I was just Extend gonna
1: say it. I, I talk, we were talking about a bit about games while I was in Romania and I think Fogged in particular had been playing some D4 and he liked it. Um and some of the, I think there was a couple of them that said that supposedly this is so I haven't played it right, but in Structure, it's, it's different than the other Diablos and that it might become a little bit MMO, more MMO-esque with players you know, walking around the same world and uh, that it could potentially become like the new WoW to an
0: extent. I saw people which... raiding a bit, like these big mm-hmm. world monsters, I think they called them. Yeah. It looked like WoW um, to me.
1: Yeah. But we'll see. I'm, uh, I'm going to pick it up probably when it comes out, I would imagine. In June now, what's but your yeah, I haven't, what's haven't your class
0: it. in World of Warcraft? Your favorite, mage. Okay, they they probably have mages in Diablo, right?
1: Diablo always has a, a mage class, it's like a necro I, necrophilia sure
0: about, mancer but... guy, right? And then
1: they have a sorceress, surely, right? Yeah, probably. It's like the most iconic Diablo two class was no, sorceress. Barbarian is the most iconic. Diablo one had mage or wizard. What was he called? Or was he called Sorcerer? I think he was actually called Sorcerer. And then Diablo 2 had Sorceress. And Diablo 3 had Wizard. And I'm guessing Diablo 4 has Sorceress. I'm a
0: little surprised you were man. You look like you'd be a druid player to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was actually one of the least interesting classes in Diablo 2. Diablo? Druid? Druid is Diablo? Talking about World of Warcraft. Yeah, World of Warcraft also has druid. Oh, okay. But Diablo 2 had a druid. All right, yeah, I'm speaking outside my expertise here. Go Let's talk about NBA. Go, go play right. some shooters.
0: All right. Until next time, Suns Fantasy Center signing out. Peace out, everybody.
1: Bye. We say things that don't mean anything, Oops, But thanks
0: for listening.